Hey everyone, this is Alaska. I uh, just wanted to give you a heads up that there are some minor technical difficulties on this episode. Uh, a few segments where Curly Castro's audio gets a little clicky and cuts in and out, but it's nothing major, nothing that affects the listen. Just wanted to give you all a heads up. I hope you enjoy. If you like, please subscribe and rate. Have a good one. Welcome to Call Out Culture with your hosts, Alaska, Curly Castro, and Zella Rocco. This week, we need to talk about a Wu-Tang Clan. Friends, Romans, countrymen. It Ain't no more Romans around? There Ain't are they Romans. Oh, there, are people, I'm, I'm, there, there are people of Rome. Rome. My, uh, not, I'm talking about ancient Rome. No, nah, current Roman. People currently living in Rome. Philadelphians, New Yorkers, all over the worlders. You are listening to Call Out Culture, hosted by... I mean, there's no way, but who's a host? It doesn't matter. We're all friends. My name is Zilla Rocca. I'm in Philadelphia. Alaska's here. He's got an incredible glass full of bourbon. I'm out of bourbon. I'm hating. And then we got Curly Castro. What's up, gentlemen? How you doing, man? Very good. Very, very good. I'm uh, holding some clothes, thinking about Wu-Tang. Excited to talk to you guys. Um, there was There was you, God, in the back. I, I I move with the spirit of Yui, always within me. All right, I want everybody, all listeners, to know I move with the spirit of you, God. All right, favorite member Wu Tang Kern. I ain't even playing. Y'all already know it. Word. We know that. We know that. Yeah. Okay. So, like, when you get to the favorite members, if you have multiples, because I do, because I move through, name them in succession. You know what I'm saying? Like when he first started, I like this one. And this and that. But right now I'm in my you got flow. All day golden. Yeah, I I think everybody goes through phases with them. I never went through you got flow. Although I'm gonna I'm gonna add this caveat. I used to think Wu got sucked. Mm-mm. You got wait, wait, wait I'm, I'm gonna you <laughs> you got. I used to think he sucked. But uh-huh. I went back, I was telling Zilla earlier, I went back and I just made this giant Wu Tang playlist after watching the documentary. Mm-hmm. And he was like really good through I would say Wu Tang Forever. Yeah, he's, okay. I, he's fine. Well, Barry, uh, well, you, you want to hear the, the Bar- Barry decoded you God? He said, if you take you God's bars, but if they came out of Rock Marcy's mouth, he's the greatest rapper of all time. And and the other thing, um, Alaska is you God's best material is more his current stuff. Keynote speaker, really? keynote speaker is is wait, an wait, awesome. He really has like good new stuff. Yeah, keynote speaker is a really good record. Really good. Yeah. I, I go. Okay, oh. I'm gonna check that out. Yeah, that one's hot. He's rapping his ass off. The other ones like what? Venom. Venom. I didn't peep that one yet. Is that one? But then he has like yeah, he. You just, his newest stuff is really quality good. It's very scary good. Yep. Well, and then he has the songs on that that man with the iron fist, the iron. Well, but not iron fist, but man with the iron fist. Whatever the hell it was. Did, yeah, the other one. Did he do anything with like a band? I feel like Venom or something might be something like that. I don't know. But the Man of the Iron Fist soundtrack, he's bodying every, everybody on there. He's awesome. Anyway, so in case you guys couldn't tell, when we talk about You God for four minutes, this is the episode we talk about Wu-Tang. Um, I don't know how, if you're listening to this, maybe, maybe you don't know who they are or you don't know why they're important to us and literally every other rap person probably over the age of 30 at this point maybe younger too they skew younger too which is interesting um but that is that is our main topic we could really do 
a week long episode nonstop, just every nerded out thing about Wu. And with the Wu Tang documentary on Showtime, if you haven't seen it yet, please steal Alaska's login like I did to Showtime anytime, whatever the hell it is, and watch it. We'll put that in the show description um, because why, <laughs> why pay? Why pay for that? Um, so I guess the first thing before we get to the documentary, because it's really fresh in our minds, is when for all of us was Wu Tang that shit? Like, when did we know it? Beyond being like the hot single or like the, the Protect Your Neck song or Method Man single. Like, when did you know, like, these are my guys forever? Um, hmm. I'll go. All right. So, to pinpoint it, and like I said, like, um, it wasn't like the main singles, even though Protect Your Neck stopped me in my tracks. I used to watch Video Music Box a lot. Um, anybody that grew up in New York would still watch Video Music Box. And there's a great segment, coincidentally, on the documentary about Ralph McDaniels and Video Music Box. And Protect Your Neck, you know, with the time code, that was always arresting. But to me, it was the um, first album, Mystery of Chess Box and Video, <laughs> with the stocking cap mask, the double stocking cap mask, right? They wore yeah. one. Yeah. Or they won one, and, and it was split down the middle. And mm -hmm. they just running at the camera. And I'm like, what's going on? They got the sitar swords. I was mm. like, uh-uh. And that beat from ring, boom, mm, ah, mm, ah. Nah, you couldn't. On the chessboard? Yes, the big old human chessboard. I say, yo, this is something right here. This is something right here. This is it right here. That was my moment. All right, let's go Or anything else. That was that, that video. For me, it was probably the cream video. Okay. Ooh. Um, I just like uh, was it Raekwon's green leather jacket in that shit? Yes. The, yes. Um, you know they had the the uh, was it the Land Cruiser? Yep. MPV. Yeah. Oh, the MPV, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Just like everything in that video was fucking. I was like, oh my god, these guys are the best. <laughs> and um, but like even then, like I still wasn't like a true disciple it wasn't really until iron man and it was okay. a very specific point in iron man where it's like um the inspector deck verse where he's like assassination oh, day assassination day yeah yep. that, that song into poisonous uh poisonous darts mm -hmm. those two songs i was just like damn yeah 18 carry yo 18 year old Slum Computer Wizards, that shit. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, those two songs. And Winter Wars, of course. Like, Winter Wars, Kappa's verse up Winter Wars. Wait, wait. Slum Computer Wizards. He's talking about What's Divine. What's called Slum Computer Wizards? Now that we've seen the documentary. Wow. Wow. He's talking about Divine. He is. Yeah. Yep. Who in the slum had a computer and was a wizard? Divine. It's true. Dick. Divine Dicks. God bless him. Salute to the God. That's pretty hey. great. Um, mine is probably the Triumph video, uh. which is later in this grand scheme of things. Because before that, they were like rappers I really liked and songs I really, really liked and the logo. But then I saw that friggin' video, which was, you know, the, the million dollar video. And they all had like met the man on the motorcycle doing the Ghost Rider shit with the flames. Even like you got like for no for no reason like hanging on the thing, hanging mm -hmm. on the uh, branch in hell. Yeah, maybe he's like hanging upside down with yeah. 
yeah, Graham Goldberg. Yeah, so that and then and then like when like Riza burst through the walls like a giant killer bee. <laughs> and at the very end, like Ray and Ghost are in a cage, rhyming. But Master Killer and Jizza is sitting up on that Ooh, just overlooking the world. Above, Come on, man. Oh, yeah, like that. I remember like because I remember this song came out on radio way before the video. So I was hearing that song, you know, seven minutes of rhyming, like no hook. But the song, funny enough. The big, I, I love the verses, but the big part for the song was Old Dirty Bass's intro. I don't know why it just sounded like, you know, after the news. Even like the beat, like that bass, it's like dun 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 boom 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 boom. Like that shit was huge. So then when I saw the video, like weeks and weeks and weeks later, finally, and, and when it premiered, it was like you know such a big deal, and I was just like I couldn't believe it. Like they 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 embodied like the comic book super powered group. You know that we are we like we pictured them that way, and then they did it, and I was like, okay, I'm in forever. That's it. Yeah, man. So yeah, we'll, we'll forever. I guess is that that was kind of like I, no matter what happened after that, I, I would always love them. It, it never would change. Life triumph. Was I was in? <laughs> Stop. So now with the documentary, which is man, I I really wish it was longer. Like, it was, I mean, when they're all them dudes, like, how do you, it's kind of like the NWA thing. Like, how do you pinpoint who to give enough screen time to? Because there's so many things you can get into. I mean, it, it was four hours, though. They covered a lot when, when we look back. Oh. Definitely, we could want more, but they definitely covered a lot. I mean, they went into mathematics. He showed the old sketchbook with the Wulo. Like, that, yeah. I didn't expect to see. You know. Even the the whole first episode sort of talking about their childhoods and everything, like just how they came together and what they came through. That was just, it was fantastic. It was just really well done, man. Yeah, I was really blown away. So what? So for you guys, like when you saw it, I mean, what was your feelings going into it? What was the feelings after? Because there's been other documentaries. There's been other woo documentaries. Yeah. So like, all right. So going in, um. I am a Wu diehard fan, um, an acolyte, if you will. So I, like Dilla just mentioned, I've seen a lot of their documentaries. I even found the, the um, Missing Killer Army documentary with 20 oh, minutes. send me that. Send me that. But I'll send it to you. But, um, send me that. And they're like in the project, they're bumping into Killer Cities, rolling up, and they rap. It, so I've seen so much footage of this. All right, we're back. We had a lot of uh, technical issues. They've been resolved, that man. Age and freestyling saying, I'm freestyling now. You don't got to tell people. They ain't got to know. They ain't got to know, man. Like, yo, Alaska is our 14 caracol slum computer wizard over here. There you go. <laughs> Are people still computer wizards now? Because everyone just has a computer in their pocket. Two-year-olds are computer literate. Yeah, my, so my son wizardry, is a computer wizard. Yeah, the, the wizardry went out the window. Once two year olds started mastering coding. I love that I love that he was like, I bought I bought a computer and like I learned Quicken and Excel. <laughs> Piece of divine, man. Divine digs. He could legitimately put on his resume additional skills and really mean it. Like you didn't have to give him a fake name. Like 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 think about the guys he was around. Rizza was mastering the ASR and the MPC and all this. 
the other dudes were mastering like smoking dust and playing chess. Divine was like, I think this the cell on the spreadsheet, the formula needs to be adjusted for me to properly handle the accounting. Check out this, this fucking happening. pivot table, yo. <laughs> Check out this column I filtered. <laughs> I did the auto sum function. You Shit know? is crazy. Shit is crazy, son. So like, hard at Excel. I'm the worst. I just I just let somebody else do it. I'm the worst. You can figure it out, man. You do the YouTube tutorials. I do that sometimes. I just never, I never went deep into it. I'm, I'm more of a Microsoft Word. What can I get away with Word? Word. That's dope. Yeah. Well, the, the last thing we were saying, well, the last thing we were saying before the, uh, that's cool, man. The last thing we were getting to, we said what, what locked us in forever with these guys. And we talked about specific moments. But what are... Because we, I mean, a running joke is the last, I mean, Liquid Swords for you is top of the list. I mean, it's up there with, with oh, a yeah. critical beatdown, you know, straight out of Compton, Liquid Swords. Yep. These are your joints. Record for you, Alaska. So obviously that's your favorite Woo project ever? What's that? Liquid, Liquid Swords. That, we're getting to our favorite yeah. Woo project. I mean, if we're going from least favorite to favorite, yeah. <laughs> What is your least? All right, so your least favorite liquid swords. What is your most favorite? No, um, Jesus. I mean, Supreme Clientele. Wait, a, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I got some lost in translation. Liquid swords is your least favorite. Okay, I do not like. Hey, that, I don't like liquid swords at all. Of all the projects, just set the premise properly and let's go. Because I'm ready to go to war with this game. Let's go. I mean, we could get back to that. Another, I just, I just think it's boring. It never did anything for me. I think it's like. It's like listening to a fucking fan. It's just like <laughs> droning. It's like vroom, 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 fucking jizza, 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 rapping, rapping, rapping. When MCs came. The... Yo, wow. it's got a couple songs on it, but the whole album itself is just like one note. It's like, God damn. You like shadow boxing? It's fun. Shadow boxing's insane. I, yo, I have it in my mix of like these like 50 songs and it's like number 50 out of the other <laughs> Shadow boxing? Yeah, it's fine. It's not great. What about Four Chamber? You don't rock with Four Chamber? I, I just don't like the record, man. It doesn't do it for me. All right. Nope. All right, Cash, your least favorite. Your least favorite of all time. But also, hold on. I just one point. It's not my least favorite, but of the, the first wave of Woo albums, it's my least favorite. All right. Well, what is your actual least favorite of all time? Oh, I mean, probably shit. Maybe like the second Inspector Deck record. Of the ones oh. I've heard? Oh, man. Or the movement. I think it's the movement. Yeah. Yo, yo, I stole the movement from the record store I worked at and then put it back on the shelf the next day. <laughs> so <laughs> I literally put it back. That's a good one. I think Raekwon's a... second record was the most disappointing. Oh, though. that's me, bro. Not a, that's my worst, least favorite ever of all time in anything, in any genre of music. We're jumping around. Let's get, yeah, let's, let's get it let's right. Let's focus on our favorites right now. Because we're right. talking good about work. We're going to get into that for sure. later. All right, Castro, go ahead. So well, you, said, you said Supreme, my baby. You said Supreme. Supreme clientele is my favorite. Oh, so you're right. It, and Manifesto. Lord. No, um, I'm just reading. Discography. And it was movement. Yeah, there it was a manifesto. It's like, that, it's like that brown cover. He's like in front. He's like a fist in the air. Oh no, that's no, no. Excuse me. The manifesto is him solo. Then with Zara Face, where's what's from? President Patient was like a MySpace album. Yeah, it's not even on here. A fistful of peril. First weapon drawn. <laughs> oh, those are our face. Those are our face. 
Okay. Fistful of Peril. That's a dope name. Fistful of Peril. Alright, what's your what's your favorite? Alright, Z kick it. Oh man. I think I mean to me Supreme is the best. It's the best album of this century, and it's the best like solo woo outing like by a considerable margin. But I mean, I just did a whole other podcast, I, I, and it's on my wall. Like Iron Man is my favorite thing ever made, so I gotta say Iron Man. All right. Um, my favorite—that's that's hard because it has moved through phase, uh, phases. But I think um, Cuban Links has stuck out being um, my considerable favorite. Liquid Swords was it for a while, but oh. um, I'm what? Is the first Bobby Digital record? No, it's not. Stop. No, it's not. It's a no, good record. What last time you played that? You're making that up, man. All right, all right, all right, all right. All right. You ain't play, you ain't fucking no Bobby Digital first album. No, it, 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 it's a tie between uh, Liquid Swords when I got older and Rayquan um Cuban Links when I was younger. So what? All right. So then what? What? What's then? What's a Woo album that you didn't catch till way later that you're like, whoa. Because like how you said it, like when I was younger, it was it was Cuban Links, when I was older, it was Liquid Swords. Like like what what was the separation? Um, you guys first record, Golden Arms Redemption. Yeah, Golden Arms Redemption. Yep, I Ooh. listened to that because at that point, like I was waiting for Uncontrolled Substance for so long. When that let me down, I was I was down in the dump. I was like, mm. I, I don't I, you know, what I'm saying so. So when you guys came right after that, I, I believe I was like, I, what do y'all want me to do? I'm scared, like. You know what I'm saying? This this third wave that was wave three. Mm. Oh yeah, phase, phase three of the Wu Tang Cinematic Universe. Cold yeah, it, was a, Redemption. it was you. You know what though? Um, eight diagrams grew on me a lot. Oh. Like a lot, a lot. Like at first it was the whole band thing. I didn't like the sound, but then it's really weird. It's funny. Eight diagrams grew on me because Shaolin versus Wu Tang was out too. So like it was oh. like a double time. You you remember that time? It was like. You know they were kind of out nah, the same they were, time. They were, they, no, no, they were years apart, bro. You sure? Very, very many years apart. Yes. It's like a statement against the other, right? Oh no, yeah. I'm not, you know what? I think it's Wu Massacre. I think that's what it was. But Wu eight diapers. I'm going long. Eight diapers. That's a good one. That's a good call. Yeah. People really ride for it. It's a really weird record. Like really weird. Is it like a full Wu record? I never heard it. Yeah, you never heard eight diagrams? Yeah. No, it's man. Legit. I stopped checking them after fucking Iron Flag. Oof. Um, right after Iron Flag, and they had like a little documentary about them making it. So that was what we were drawn to, like seeing them again, because it was like what four years later. So he was like, um, that was oh seven. Eight diagrams came out. It was like it was like Christmas oh seven. It came out. It's a really strange, strange album because it's like RZA cashing in on all of his like white boy rock cred and all his like his Hollywood cred. So he has like System of a Down on there. He has like George oh. Harrison's Son on there. He remakes the Hard Gently we- uh, guitar Gently Weaves by the RZA, but by by me by the Beatles. Oh Jesus Christ! With like Erica Badu on the hook and Danny Harrison playing guitar. Um, it's weird. Like there, there's like some really grimy, weird moments that are cool, but other parts like uh, what I don't I don't get where this is going. Wasn't everybody like mandated to do that? Like, I felt like Raekwon didn't want to. None of them wanted to. So, so, Alaska, you don't remember this part where, like, they were all trashing the album, like, on release day? Oh, okay, that's that record. 
Yeah, they were trashing it. They were saying like it's like white boy hippie shit. It's too many too many guitars. And that's when they were like, Yeah, we're not we're not rolling with this guy like that again. And so that was the beginning and the end. Um Okay. Yeah, that's that's the one. Um my mine that like girl that really, really grew on me later. Like I loved it when it dropped and I just didn't play it for a long time and I got back into it like a year or two ago it was Capadonna the Pillage. Mm. It is so fucking good. No, I was when it dropped. So like I yeah. liked it a lot too. And then for some reason I just like never went back to it after a few years. Like the yin and the yang. Um Oh, that's the worst. Your- it's, it's so bad. Yeah, it's bad. That's really terrible. That's a low key, absolute horrible album that no one talks what about. What about what about when Capadonna dropped his greatest hits record after dropping one record? Because that was a get out of the deal. Yeah, that was amazing. And it was like him that Milk This Cow record, um, video, excuse me, the video, when he did the video for Milk This Cow like 20 years later. No, the, yeah, 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 that joint's, I, I always post that, that joint is awesome. Because he loves that shit. Oh my God, the, Ka, the, the Kappa album is what made me make 96 Mentality the way I did. Like, it's a direct correlation. I was playing it a lot when I was making 96 Mentality. Dropping Tuesday, May 21st. Pre-order is up at 3.5pistol.com. CDs, you know tape, that. shirts. Digi, you know that. You know that. that. You know that. You know that. now, you fuck. If you want something <laughs> a little bit new, we were a little bit old. We got the Woo Pulp 7th Anniversary to God Anniversary CDs out now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Roy Christopher's a fan. Yep. He's a yeah, big he fan right there. Good taste, that guy. And he's a famous author. So huge author. Yeah, that, that's that's set. There's no issues with that with that one. All right, let me let me see what we have next on our thing to talk about. Wait, wait, wait! Oh, I, I gotta go. I gotta drop mine. Oh, you gotta get. I'm oh, sorry, my bad, guys. It's all good. I mean, mine is kind of weird because everybody kind of sees this as a great album, I think. But it's a uh, Wu Tang Forever. Oh, you came back, doubled back on that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, listen, I liked it when I liked it when it came out, right? So good. Um. I liked it. I was into it, but it wasn't until I started listening to it again a couple months ago that I just really got to appreciate how good it was. And like, it's it's to me, it's better than Enter the Thirty Six. Really, at this point in my life, like back then, it didn't have the energy of that. But it's just a much more like artistic and like technical album. It's like just really fucking brilliant. Yo, Older Gods is friggin' yeah. amazing. I'll check this out. When Wu Tang Forever dropped, I was in college, but it was um, it was a summer session, so like not everybody yep. was there, but some of them, right? And so we we all went out and bought it on release day, and it's funny because we're all sitting around with each other, but everybody got their copy. I think we were still amazed. I think, if and correct me if I'm wrong, we didn't know it was a double album before it dropped. No, no, no. Everybody do. Everybody did. We knew. Okay. Yeah, they talked about that double CD. Yeah, I felt, I felt, I felt like you know well, what you knew when it was twenty eight dollars. You got you ringing up at Sam Good. Like I knew it was coming, but I, I think what I'm saying, Alaska, is like that wasn't like super previous knowledge, like through a clue tape a year prior or something like that. Yeah, it, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so got it, and we played it in my man. And I remember we're in college and got no stereo system, so we're playing it in his box, and we got to severe punishment, which I think is like the fourth. Oh, and we. We didn't go any further for like 30 minutes. We kept playing that one over and over and over again with the staff fighting. And it, I, I think Hell's when staff was, I couldn't get past the vehicle. I said, play it again, play it again. 12 times. Dude, for heaven's sake. Oh, baby, for heaven's sake. <laughs> yeah, that, it's, 
it's a monster. Like it's, it, I mean, I would, but I see, I was glued from the first day I got it in high school and never looked back. Like I was, I would like write the lyrics down on paper, like try to figure out what they were saying. I was like so. Oh, didn't the lyrics come? Their lyric book? Nah, nah, no, no. It had the booklet, all the pictures with all them. And like the and like the one nine hundred numbers, it was like an enhanced CD. You get into the Wu Mansion if you put your computer. Yeah, that shit is ill, bro. Loud Records was on the enhanced CDs. Oh yeah, no, everyone had. Yeah, I love that joint. That is yeah. You know what's ill about Wu Forever is like, like you the the approach was like we can't be grimier than Tikal and Thirty Six Chambers and return to the Thirties. Like we can't do that. Right. Like you can't out grimy the grimiest albums ever to sell a lot of copies. But so there's like moments of like grit and crazy shit on Wu Forever. But beyond that, it's like polished, but not like it's not like bad boy polished. No, you know it's just I mean? and, and and it's crap. Like it's it's cleaner. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Obviously, they probably mix the vocals a lot differently than they probably did on any project before. I mean, they had like money to be in a real studio yeah. and you know musicians and shit. Yeah. Oh, the features, like, uh, the female features that usually sound gritty and stacked up, they sound clean as shit. Yeah, that's true. But they also, their technicality just took a fucking leap forward, man. It was just Method like... Method Man on that album? Method Man, like, is 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 up there with Big E, Nas, anybody. You, on that album, yep. I put him with anyone, ever, that year. And that's the beginning of Ghostface being, like, the blacked out, like, slang yep. abstract dude yes yeah i mean that's when ghostface became the ghostface that everybody fell in love with yes like that that's shit. when he started becoming the best rapper ever yes but let's not miss words that that's deck deck is showing the fuck out oh yeah yeah okay this is it's literally you could you could make argument this is deck's record he is mm. showing that out like on a lot of tracks so um yeah but let's get into the um other side of the coin here uh the falling off point. Mm. <sighs> so many, dude. Let's start with fa- what, what record you don't like. Mobilarity. Yeah. Like everything about a mobilarity was. Run out, the lead out, the, the, the release, all that shit. Yep. Like I remember, I mean, put it this way, the, the, the single live from New York, that was dope. And that would be on mixtapes and the video was out. And, and it's sneakers. like a piano loop. And I was yep, like, sneaker right. heads. Sneak, but sneaker, but sneakers a single. But it, it was like a street single because I remember okay. because of the Pete Rock beat. So when I heard yeah. live from New York, I'm like, all right, this will be cool. And I'm like, you know, this is the follow up to Cuban Links. It's like three, four years later. It's post Wu Forever. Shadow that hey Wu Tang's not with him on. This. Like there was this looming shadow about everything from the rollout. The well, there was no there was no RZA beats and Ghostface right. is not on it. Right. So I was like, that's a red flag. It was like. This doesn't seem Wu Tang to me. I remember that distinctly, like hit me in my chest. It's like, it's like an American Cream Team Ray offshoot album. Yes, because they were pushing them. But it's too early for that. It should be wooed out, right? Yes. At that point. Yeah, right? he has like Ice Cream Two on there. It's horrible. It's just, it was like it was a bad time. Y'all say this qualifies as sophomore jinx record, or does um... the Wu? off his his discography because they have group records too does that throw off people's discography in terms of the sophomore jinx i think it has to for them just because especially the way that they did shit with like iron man and cuban links you know those were sort of like team albums that they right true 
True. But there was there was just some completely that whole second round of Wu albums was just trash. Because it's post RZA for Supreme Clientele, yeah. Yeah, because well, RZA was involved. Like RZA mixed that album. He like oversaw Supreme, even though he didn't make every beat. Yeah, but it felt like a Wu record. The old Dirty second album is actually pretty fucking wild. Yeah, that is pretty good. It's pretty damn good, all things considered. You know what I mean? Like it's really and like the beats are like. Yeah, yeah. Two thirds of the podcast can't say it out loud. But that one is um, that's like a studio darling. That's a lot of copy and paste and put his shit together. Him not being there, you can hear that all up and through that record. That he barely made somebody else did that. But even even what it, even what is available on there, it like carries on the the th- the return of the thirty six chambers vibe from him. It's just like updated. Got your money. I mean, to get that, that is oh, like a one, massive song. That's uh, a huge song. That, bars chopped up all over the place like that was one verse that they made the song. that was not you know him recording verses you could hear you know what i'm saying yeah yeah so all right so so wait so mobilarity's mine uh what do you got oh i'm real quick real quick i've trashed the the producers the infinite architects on twitter and like they'll like google they'll like they'll like twitter search and like get back to me about that and and they'll be they'll be like and the, and the rationale honestly the rationale is it wasn't a Wu album. It was a Ray album. And I was like, that was obvious. It is not a Wu album. But And I'm not dissing them, but I'm just saying, no more placement since. Maybe maybe where they live, but I haven't seen you placed since. Yeah, like, they, 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 they've done like a lot of like, you know, deep cut major label stuff. Right. They, they, like, they did like 90% of that album. But from that time, do record for Ray, somebody should have scooped you up, at least got one beat off. Yeah. And again, Live from New York's a hot, that's a hot beat. It's a hot single. It works. All right, Alaska, what's yours? Um, I mean, it's probably the same thing. That was just such a disappointment of a record. You know, it's like just everything was so good until that record. That was just <laughs> like it was almost like when when Rocky punched Drago and he started bleeding. Right. It was that moment for Wu Tang. It was like, oh shit. <laughs> He's been hurt. You know, they're not invincible. Right. They're very invincible. <laughs> it's just like, oh man. And and it's like even even if he didn't have you know, the reputation that he built up over the previous like four or five years, mm-hmm. that record on its own just sucks. It's garbage. Even if he was a new artist. Yeah, if he was like all city. Oh, like all city had like the great single and then the fucking album sucked. Metropolis Gold, that album was terrible. Yeah, but the single banged. Yeah, that that's the actual's probably top five premiere beat for me of all time. Yeah, like I love that beat. Mm. And then they had the the after hours joint on there it was crazy. They had the Pete Rock single, priceless, and then the rest of the album was like jiggy trash. <laughs> oh, so bad. It's so bad. Yeah, immobility is just oh, it's a, and and he loves it. He anytime people bring it up, he's like, "Yeah, man, it's a classic." I was like, "Come on, Ray, stop, Ray, mm-hmm. come on, please, come on." Yeah, what's what's yours, Castro? Um, uncontrolled. Song. <laughs> it, it, it's not that bad when I revisited yeah, it a couple months ago. Look, eh, look, it's not that bad. There's nothing wrong. In- Seriously, there's nothing wrong. These are hard. There's nothing wrong in this world, and we shouldn't fault ourselves for setting steady 
welcoming, well, steady and obvious expectations. There were expectations, mm -hmm. right? And I'm not going to give them no shorts. Like, I ain't going to lie to you. Jizza at first, and it was a little hypnotic at first because on, on revised scrutiny, it doesn't hold all the way up. But Beneath the Surface held me out all right. I was like, okay. It's kind of weird. It's a weird album. But I said hindsight tears it down, but when it came out, yeah, at the time we were like in love with them, and so we. But the the legend, the legend of Liquid Swords is horrible. That joint's horrible. From the album cover to the single, I don't even remember the single. I was just like, it was Rec Room. Rec Room's amazing. True Master. Saying it, I knew it wasn't it though. I knew it well, wasn't. It, I knew it got delayed forever. It was delayed for like over a year. So, but when somebody takes the best album on your the best beat on your album and makes it like an interlude song is better than your entire album. We talk yep. about that's the deck record that um Ghost took Mighty Healthy from, right? Not Mighty yeah. Healthy. Um Yeah, stay true. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So my point is everybody knew the world was waiting for death. Mm-hmm. Once they screwed up. We also know he was a victim of the flood. Like he was the one severely affected. I remember at the time thinking like, because you also had, here's who dropped before deck, Kill a Army, Lot of Dark Man, Kill a Priest, Tikal 2000, Bobby Digital, Cabadonna, yep. and then you get to deck. Like I just named six albums you dropped before the guy who shined the hardest on Wu-Tang Forever everybody was buzzing about finally got his album. Right after wu you should have dropped it then, like that month later, right then. Yeah, I mean, he has to be the first guy out. And that rap's made me, all about momentum. Rap is all about momentum. Yeah, and that made like, oh y'all, y'all let go of the rope. That was my point. They let go of the rope. So can I can I posit a theory? Go mm -hmm. for it. That deck isn't an album artist. Oh, well, I've, I've been saying that for like four, He's four years. He's great. He shines on the Wu records because he has one verse and he goes. The the idea of deck over and over and over and over and over again, it's no good. Doesn't really cut it. And I, I think you could even say like the same for Ray, like Ray's best albums uh, are the ones where he yes. has a co-host. But that's my point. That's my point with deck. The way they yeah. built Wu albums, you could have had somebody link him to Kappa, link him. Well, here's the irony. Here's the irony. When when you play, when you play Uncontrolled Substance now, right? What's the name is on the album like two or three times? Lot of Dark Man. Yeah. They are dope together. And then, of all people, Street Life's on the album like two or three times. Put and he sounds good with Dick. You put Street Life on there for you. See what I'm saying? You do your old formula, how Raekwon, I'm excuse me, on, on, um, on uh, Iron Man, Cap is on there like crazy. Yep. Uh, Ray's on there. And same thing with Cuban Link. That's what you do. I mean, Ray said it best in the documentary. Mm. Ray said it best in the documentary where he was like, "Me and me and Deck work off each other so well." Mm -hmm. Like that's your because, album, right there. You know why? Because because Ray is a sizzle and Deck is the steak. Yep. Well, Ray's going to give you the fly language and and linguistics and the confidence, and Deck gives you like the sit back, observe, and spit lines at you. But also, you can go back to um, simpler Ray. Gives you the ill story about their damn life and oh, mm -hmm. next life too. So my story is just as ill. You know what I'm saying in terms of like lyrics and being transcribed to um to tape and you know being put out there. Like, what do we say? What's that? What's it? I'm not um, not my list. Um, K 
can it all be? Can it all be yeah. simple? Yeah. Oof. Come on, yo. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, and their voices just work beautifully together. They really do. And we don't even have a lot. Of, we don't have a lot of Ray and Deck. Just them two. Just, yeah, yeah, just them two. Because there's always Ray and Ghost is like the, is like mm-hmm. the you know the main coupling. But even like Takao 2000, which is unfairly maligned, and it's actually what a I, fucking oh, banger. Get the fuck out Yo, of here. Let me tell that you something sucks. right now, man. No, no, let me tell you something right now, man. Let me tell you something right now. We go outside right act now. Like, he, you guys he, act like I haven't listened to this record five, six, seven, eight, eight, nine, ten times. Wrong. When's the last time you played it? What, 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 I listened to it wrong. What did I listen to it wrong? With the volume on? No. <laughs> because it's... Cynical. Yo, man, it was Def Jam to death. I didn't... I didn't when skits. I bought it, I wasn't cynical. I wanted this shit to be good. I was like, this is going to be dope. Yo, man, and it so wasn't. Play, play my like version of it. it You'll now. love it. Let me, let me Yo, talk man. to the listeners. Let me talk to the listeners real quick. Listeners, y'all have to understand. Alaska sits really proper. He has good posture. And on one shoulder is a devil. And on the other shoulder is a devil. So that's just how it is. I want everybody to just know that. People say, Castro, people say his brain was infected by devils. And I agree. Mm. You know what that is? You know where that's at? Oh, I do know where that's at. Cage, right? No, that's from Liquid Swords because you hate it. I know. I'm joking, motherfuckers. <laughs> Cage. You're right. He sampled that. <laughs> people said his brain was infected by devils. All right. All right. What's up next, Rick? Well, Takao 2000 is uh, it's a fucking great album if we go back to. Um, hmm. Do we hold Woo to unfair standards? Yes. Yes, we do. Now, this is a question that um, Alaska came up with, and we all agree, because look how many years we've been banging with them. Like, Are we supposed to allow gradual decline with a rapper? Hmm. Well, I think even just in artists in general, right? There's always like, there's sort of like the youthful energy, which is always dope. Mm-hmm. They tend to fall into like a middle age where it's like, all right, this isn't really that good. But the artist takes it. Like the artist is like, oh, I'm making my best shit right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then there's like the point where they get old and they start actually contemplating death. Mm-hmm. And they start making actual, like, real poignant shit. Yeah. True. And, yep. you know, I mean, I don't want those those guys to die. Or, you know, like, I'm getting old just like they are. But I think I'm looking forward to the point where they get to that point of thinking to sort of, like, the great beyond a little more. You know what I mean? Like, they're sort of seeing, like, they have a finite period of time. And it's like, let me get these – the same sort of urgency they had when they were young. But now it's an urgency of like my time is limited. Like I'm looking right, so forward to let, that let me, urgency. Let me, let me throw this. Okay, so let me throw this at you. Ready? There mm-hmm. was a there was a mixtape that Inspector Deck made like maybe two three years ago. Yeah, I heard about it. His mother died, and so what he did was he made it out like an album, but it's a mixtape because it's completely legal. He made an out a mixtape album. It's called like Sylvia's Son or something like that, yep. or Cynthia's yep. Son. And it's thing, yeah. him rhyming on all these soul and R and B records that his mother loved. Oh wow! And it and it is his Incredible. best work he's ever made in his life. Incredible! Really? Like not not even close. And it's like some yeah. random like that piff like low yeah. bit bit that rate piff, shit. Like that is only on that piff because somebody was talking about if that piff and um some other mixtape site disappeared, 
It was like somebody needs to transcribe all that shit because that disappeared to be a lot of projects right. lost. Today. So yeah, like, and like, and there's no guess. It's all deck, and it's him on like records he loves. Now here's the right. What's up? It's funny as that. Zarface is his most successful Ugh. resurrection record, Josh but he so buns. Not all the time, but sometimes he raps worse than Esso. Now, for all the listeners that are not familiar, and I don't even hate the man, I, I met Esso, so he's cool. But, you know, Esso has a certain level of rapping. Let's just say that. I actually know him, so let me not, I'm not going to kiss him. But he has a certain level of rapping. He stays at that level. He stays safe. You know, he runs between the lines. You know, he gets eight yards, he jumps out of bounds. No right. harm, no foul. There are times where he outraps that. And as a legend, you still should be able to hit 10 free throws in a row, even if you're 85. You know what I'm saying? Right. If you're the guy who spit triumph, you should never be stunted on in a group. Like, outside of Wu members. They just did one with Doom, who was starting to suffer that. But he seemed to have gotten... Doom, Doom demolishes that album. Yeah. He crushes all of them. Yeah. Yeah, it's... it's 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 it, Well, it, it's sad because it's... It, on paper, it's the best way to maximize deck. And it's not. Like, he's back in a group. Splitting up the time. Like, he's not carrying the full load in Zarface. Let me help you out on my theory. So, people get older um, and they just lose skill. That's somebody like Karis once to me. He doesn't mm. even know he's old, right? But yeah. then there's, I talk to Z, Z about this all the time. We bring up Ghostface. Ghostface killed one of our most beloved Wu members. In fact, one of the, one of the um, podcast members' favorite MCs ever, top five. He raps a lot now, right? Mm, a lot. A very watered down and weak, and I'm going to break down to the listeners why. So I have a theory that when you're an artist, you know, artists always talk about, oh, I didn't even know how I wrote this. A spirit got into me. I have a muse. So it is an ether that you can reach into when you're an artist. You don't know where it comes from, these weird phrases, these ideas. They just kind of come into your brain, and you're able to just jot it down or, or memorize it and create songs. At some point, the ether can get cut off from you. But you've been rapping or rhyming or singing for so long, you still have good muscle memory, so you can keep rapping forever. You can do it in your sleep. But right. it's not to have that slickness, that flavor, that mm, that chutzpah, that je ne sais quoi, whatever it was with your thing, that's gone now. You can't reach it no cut off. I don't know why it gets cut off. It's just like a, a, a um, we, I, I'm using many metaphors and many examples, but like Alan Iverson had a great first step. When he came mm-hmm. back to the Sixers after going all around the world, he couldn't get around anybody. Nope. He could dribble his ass off. He was still small and quick. He could, he could shoot a little bit and pass, but he couldn't explode on anybody. Do that anymore. That was just not part of his uh, toolbox. And it's the same mm-hmm. with rappers. And I think all of the Wu members in different phases and different stages started losing more and more access. And Ghostface, to me, is the, is the worst example. He raps by numbers now. But here's the irony. But here's the irony. Meth has it now. Yep. Meth is on it. Dude, the verses he was – I was t- telling you earlier today, the verses he t- started off the documentary rapping in the very beginning. He was just fucking rapping in the in this theater. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Dude, the ones he – when he was doing like the the, the the rhymes with him and Black Thought. But wait, like wait. Last I wanna, year. Let's finish Ghost. Let's finish Ghost. My bad. Ghost was so colorful that he'll tell you he knew what it was, but he didn't know what that what that rapping was. He didn't know what he meant sometimes. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't even touch that. And he doesn't even use those type of words. Anymore. You know what I'm saying? So 
you can definitely tell he just wraps off muscle memory now. So he, here's the weird thing. How, how come Cool Keith can do that still? And he's well into his 50s. Because he, he stayed he stay cool and he stayed Keith. <laughs> and I'm not even talking about some substance, but whatever you do in your life, like, yeah, he has kids, they probably grow, but he's still always been Cool Keith. Mm. I, I don't know what happened with Ghost. Ghost seems to have, I, I feel like Ghost lost joy. It's not, he's not having fun rapping. It doesn't sound like. Yeah, there, there was like a period where he was just, like Zillow, Zillow and I were talking about this. Like you see the the video footage of them like running around during like Wu Tang Forever, um, yeah. In that whole period, the like, way this motherfucker looked in that era, man, his his outfits, his hat, the fools. just the way he carried himself. Like he didn't carry yeah. himself like somebody that had years on their back, mm. right? And and you you see people that get old, and there are the the people that carry all their years on their back, mm-hmm. versus the ones that don't. He didn't gain that much weight. He doesn't look like no, no, not like that. You could just tell that life has worn them down. He looks weathered. He looks like weathered. Yeah, like even the way he moves, and he could still like when when I saw that footage in the documentary when he's he's doing Daytona 500 with Ray in a side of a fucking volcano in Hawaii, and the way he's standing there and he look, and I'm like, this dude, and that was probably what year ten rhyming maybe album two and a half three that he ever like been on and it's like you're at the top of the spectrum but like even now it's like you would think 25 years later you have even more skill but wait check that song that alaska you asked me what was that song at, at the end of the second episode on the doc that's a new song. i think that's gonna come out on the ep on friday and that Ghost song fucking rap- bangs and if he's if that's a new song then he's like really coming off yeah, I've heard, that's the best I've heard him in years. So I don't know if it's older or what, but that's the best I've heard him in years. Well, let's so, here, here's the here's the guy that, that has fallen off precipitously as well. Rizza. Yeah. Wow. I think it starts and ends with him. Oh man. Cause them beats, bro. The rhyming is corny as a fuck. Yo, his rhyming is is subhuman. Like he's bad. Rizza first started. I used to get, I used to um make fun of him, and I used to be like, he raps with his fronts in his mouth, sounds all mumbled, but that's just that's just his voice. Then I started yeah. realizing this highly intelligent man, and he's found a way to push through that voice because that sounds like a speech impediment to me, y'all. Mm-hmm. Like he must have stuttered or did so, or something or repeated himself a lot, and he was still able to rap so ill, even though he sounded like he was about to be off beat and he just perpendicular to the square. Step go like flare. yeah. Quotables. I was very impressed because I knew that he was not the best rapper and he had something wrong with his speech. Son, he kind of steals the show on Wu-Tang Forever, too. He's amazing on that album. Rhyming. Yes. He's amazing. Yep. And he never got there again. Like, pieces and moments. But him... I'll let Alaska jump in because he wanted to hit this one. I I was just going to say, I don't know if you guys are joking about Bobby Digital. I love Bobby Digital. But I think that's a phenomenal that's a phenomenal record, and I think that's the last great RZA moment. Birth of a Prince had like some moments that are really good. Second one was good too. See the thing, the thing, only thing I didn't like about Bobby Digital, and I talked to Bill about this last, is when he was doing Bobby Digital, he was doing that alter ego shit. It wasn't popular just yet, and he had made a comment article about, yeah, I'm just fucking mad bitches, and I'm doing whatever I want to do. And I remember him being married, so I was a little disappointed in that that you mm-hmm. were doing that using this rap character to go 
you know, have bears and shit. I was a little more straight laced back then, definitely. But I just remember just like, oh, that kind of sucks. Why would you need a rap character to do that? Uh, so that, but that's the only little poignant one thing that turned me down on that. But other than that, that's an ill creation. He like threw away his own rule book to do Bobby yeah. Diddy. The production is amazing on that record. Oh, it's, it's wild. It's really wild. But he, like, I remember peeping like a year or two ago, the album he did with Dude from Interpol, Banks and Steels. Oh God! Son, that that yo, that was honestly the most embarrassing thing I've ever. I was I was so embarrassed for this dude. Is Bangs or Banks? Banks. Banks. His name's Paul Banks. Paul Banks. I'm like, bro, you're gonna put you're gonna pull out the Bobby Steele's name after all this time, and you're gonna do it for this? Are you serious? That doesn't even make any sense. That yo, that that, that that's like pouring. That's like pulling out a forty a forty year old bottle of whiskey, and like pour put it in a dog bowl for your dog. Like, what the fuck are you doing? I don't think the ether was cut off. I think he is literally out of touch. He's so out of touch. He got Hollywood. He's yeah. so Hollywood and corny. And he also just like he like he has like all like acolytes around him, like telling him he's the shit. And the only people that tell him he ain't shit is Wu Tang. <laughs> he, he yeah. 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 Everyone else is like, Rizza, you're a genius. Rizza, you're amazing. Rizza, you love all the same kung fu flicks as me. That's awesome, man. Rizza, man, you're the coolest. And he's like, Yeah, I am. <laughs> And then it's like you put you press the you press that drum machine. Nope. Why your beats whack now? That's all it is. Yeah, it's, it's a shame. And the thing is, like like me and Barry probably said before, every producer in the world knows how to make a RZA type beat, except RZA. He don't make RZA type beats no more. <laughs> you know what I mean? That doesn't make any sense. No, he does molasses for um for Earl, like he does for other people. Did he make, did he make that joint? Yeah, I love the freckles off your face, bitch. That joint's crazy. Did he also make a dope beat for Kanye too? Yes. He did, um, he did. He did the what's the name? The Dark Fantasy intro joint. You ain't got no fucking Yeezy in your Serato. He did that beat. Towards the end of the record, I'm, I feel it. Uh, I mean, well, well, the problem is with all the albums is they all get touched by fifty-seven people, so he didn't do like no solo ass beats. Oh, he did. Um, he did the joint on Watch the Throne when he sampled. Um. When they sampled uh, Nina Simone. You know how I feel being drifting on by. He made that joint. It's like super clean and polished. Yeah, you're right. He made my last favorite Kanye song, White Dress. He did that by himself. That joint's crazy. Do you think that RZA can find it again if he maybe went outside of Wu? Because like, he's mean? made dope beats with this. But like, he's not... Him and Wu, are not, I don't know if that relationship is ever going to be able to be built again because it doesn't seem like there's trust on a creative level anymore like rizza right. fucked them over too many times with like you know creativity and shit like that right so i don't know if they're ever going to be able to trust one another to make a dope record but he could probably go with somebody else like you know throw him in the studio with jay here's the thing no no here's the thing ready here's here's the thing uh, they, they've said it in interviews they they all go to him to get shit still. Yeah, they do. And and they want the vaulted ill old right. RZA shit and he doesn't give it to them. He gives mm-hmm. them new corny Hollywood nonsense. They're like, that's not what I want from you. And he won't give them the ill vaulted grimy shit. He won't do it. Check this out. So you have you have all right, so you have RZA who goes literally into a dungeon or a bomb shelter and makes all these beats nonstop, right? And we always right. know that change your workstation things change or whatever right mm-hmm. but you also have same and you have a parallel between you have the dungeon family 
Rico, um, Ray, and Sleepy. Yep. And they're in a basement making dusty ass stuff, but they've been able to carry and cultivate their sound because they can make um, waterfall mm-hmm. and still hold on to it now. So this day, they still make Dungeon Family sounding songs. How did RZA lose it if they, they have the same trajectory? Here's what I don't get. You're right. How can how can RZA lose it? Alchemist never did. Alchemist does has made thousands of beats, thousands I'm of beats from Dusty to, to a little more polished. Havoc, Havoc, Havoc's never been really corny. Never. Maybe never. the thing with these these acts is that that's all they do. True. Right? Their interest is just making music and making beats. It's like true. Whereas Riz is like, I'm going to make the soundtrack. I'm going to act. I'm going to hang out with Jim Jarrett. Yeah. I'm going to hang out with fucking Quentin Tarantino. He does like investor shit. Yeah, he does like apps and shit. Yeah, I'm going to fucking hang out with this cornball silver rings and fucking <laughs> Martin Screlly. <laughs> this fucking cornball. Then silver rings hang out with you. And he knows how to produce like you better than you. Bronze Nazareth has just got DNA in him. He produces mm-hmm. the best beats out now to this, to this day. So I just, it's still, you should be able to tap into it at least once in a while. Yeah, but there's still like copies of RZA. There's something that's missing that RZA was able to bring that those dudes can't bring. The only guy who ever came close, the only guy who ever came close is True Master. He's the yeah. only dude that could go like beat for beat. But that's, that's, that's a disciple, just like Fourth Disciple is a disciple. Anybody that produced under them, even the Acolytes. That, they, that sound is going to grow. We're talking about just somebody just out of the blue being able to kind of do that again. And his sound has never been duplicated again. Mm-hmm. No. Not, not to the, in Alaska. Like, people make premier beats, and they're pretty, pretty close to premier beats, if you ask me. I'll say this. I'll say this, man, about RZA, and then we'll move on. The, um, cool Keith said this in an interview, and I always think of it when I think of people like RZA. Cool Keith was saying that when you come out and you're unorthodox and you're against, against the grain type of rapper, people, you get a lot of attention for that. People may hate it. People may laugh at it. You might sell. You might not. He said, but no matter what happens, rappers historically have tended to swim backstream to the mainland to be more accessible for people to understand what they're saying. They kind of like start standing off the edges a little bit, make it more palatable. And he was like, and that's the worst thing you can do. He's like, you need to keep swimming out further to get more abstract and more weird and more bizarre and more unpredictable. He's like, and that's what I've always done. I didn't be like, man, man, people didn't really understand Critical Beatdown, what I was saying. All right, well, here, check it out. Yo, Joe Blow, I got the flow. I count the dough. Like, no, he was like, no, I'm going to get even more bizarre and do fucking Dr. Octagon and all that. And so, so Papa Large, you know what I mean? So it's like, what is it's like, yeah, you know, how do you get weirder than like Stroke of Death beat from Supreme Clientele? You know what I mean? Like, but he he's, he still gets props for being avant-garde, but that cutoff is like 2000. You know what I mean? Like, like the W is like very daring and wild beats. Yeah. That was, two, that was 2000. That was the year 2000. His instincts, I think, are probably still good. The minute he gets on the phone and calls some live musician, I'm like, stop a second. Because that's when the idea just stop. Like, I, I know other people know how to do it. Yes, Kanye. Yes, RZA. Kanye. No, yeah, that's great. But no. But here's the irony. When Kanye works with RZA, RZA makes, like, glossy Kanye-type shit. When Kanye works with Mad Lib, he gets grimy basement cassette tape Mad Lib beats. That's the difference. Yeah, well, Mad Lib's never going to stop. You know, so... 
But, like when Kanye did the record, uh, what was it? Late registration. He had John Byron in there the whole time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that was a truly collaborative thing. It wasn't like, let me bring in this hired gun to play exactly what I want. Right. Like right. they sat in the studio for weeks just listening to like songs without drums. Mm-hmm. You know, like listening to like Jackson 5 songs without drums and being like, we can make a song without drums. Mm-hmm. You know, just like shit like that, like all these things, like they actually like really collaborated versus like, let me get this dude in here to play this one thing I want. It was like, and I think that is probably what RZA does when he brings in musicians. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't feel like he's like linking with anybody to like, to like tap into anything. And now think about it like this. He has more access back in the day when there in his head, he would have to make do with what he, he had at his disposal. Now he can actually get the specific thing he hears in his head and that might be the worst variation of it. You know, well, what he, you know what's amazing? Like, like, all right, so like, like the way like Dilla looked at samplers and found new ways to fuck with them that no one had ever figured out before. Like RZA, like, there, like there's that one clip in the documentary where like they show his setup and he's like at a tiny little fucking desk and there's like shit on the floor and like he's sitting there so he's using the same equipment as like Large Professor or Q-Tip or whoever, but he 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 was like he was like Prince Paul because like you know they learn from each other too. Prince Paul was like, I'm gonna find, I'm not just gonna take James Brown loops. I'm gonna take like little kid, you know, like nursery rhyme records and find cool shit on that. Rizzo right. was like, I'm gonna find that type of shit, and but then I'm gonna play on top of it, and when I play, doesn't even make any sense. Like, I'm not following any... No, none of that. So, like, Protect Your Neck don't have no samples on it. That's all keyboard. But you would never know, because it doesn't sound like Teddy Riley's playing that shit. You know what I mean? Like They say that. All all cats from the ghetto, specifically, for lack of a better term, they say, yo, I saw a keyboard, I just grabbed it. They didn't go, like, browsing in Guitar Center, you know what I'm saying? Like, what I got, and I just figured I opened it up. I I, I hear all all the time, which is you know just the ingenuity of hip hop. I think people always discount or forget to acknowledge the um media genius of it. Nobody knew what they were doing. No, like, that's what's so dope. In classes, don't they say necessity is the mother of invention? So when you don't have yes. access to anything you can get with relative ease, you have to figure out a way how to invent it, and that's what he did. And I'm telling y'all, growing up during that time, you can't tell me that. Kids didn't pick up instruments because they play, they had music class. That's sometimes be your first time figuring it out. And then maybe you play the guitar, drums, whatever. We they stop all music program. All all this stuff lines up. All after school programs shut down. It was like overnight. No more midnight basketball. No more boys and girls club open after nine. Things shut off all like in a week. And now it's just music in the streets when the lights go out. I want to do that. Well, mom, is there a hip hop class? No, get your ass inside when the lights come. On. All right, let's figure this out. And I think Wu Tang took it to the heights of figuring it out. You know what I mean? None of them, you know, recording artists, rappers is one thing, but recording artists is a whole other thing. And I, I salute them for taking that leap and believing in, in Riz's daydream. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's amazing. So that's the last thing then. That's the last thing then, ready? So we've we seen all that shit. It's 25 years, it's documentaries, it's fucking 50 albums. I don't think they could ever like quote unquote come back because they're in a no win situation. Like they can't move forward and do like 
non-woo sounding shit a la A Better Tomorrow, which is a disaster. Mm-hmm. And then if they try to do like retrograde 90s shit, it's like trying to tell the same joke again. Like the snake eating its tail. So I don't think they can ever come back. I got two answers to it. So one, we as fans need to ask ourselves, do they even need to? You know what I'm saying? Like, to me, Karis when has never come back from, um, what was his last good record? Go left. What was I got left? next. Yeah, yeah, the one with those the, the track, the direction arrow sign. That was I got next, right? What was I left? got next. He, he's got like his hands up, like he's like it's like a kind of silhouette. That joint. What was it? Return of the Boom Bap. That's the one for me. Was the last good KRS record. My point is, he's he's released ten ten to maybe fifteen at record since then. They're all trash, and nobody holds it against him because he put in his time, blocked, and he clocked out. So I think we can ask ourselves as fans, do they really need to come back or can we just um, judge them on the wares they've given us? And they've given us a lot more than a lot of artists. Some artists have given us one and a half records and that's what we got. Shit, some artists gave us two songs and we love them. (laughs) Then the second thing is, what's coming out on on May 17th, depending on when we drop this, they're dropping an EP. Maybe they need to drop smaller doses of stuff. Songs every couple of years, it's a dope little nostalgic thing. One could be yeah. reminiscent, one could be brand new, one could feature the new cat. Maybe one of their people bringing up Young Dirty. I, they're pushing him, he's on tour with them, put him on some songs. And then that's it. And then go back into the ethers, go back and tour shit. So, you know, I think those two, and that's why I, that's why I battle with the comeback. I think they're talented enough to hold up and record together. Then we would get something up. Now, I don't know if their schedules ever can allow them to do that, but if they can hunker down for two weeks, and have their families taken care of in that time, I think we can actually get some real honest, authentic Wu-Tang material. I just don't think they they need that. That needs to be the setup for them to come back in any way. If that's not the setup, my other suggestions are floating. Hmm. That's, these are all good points. What do you think of that? Well, I mean, I, I think I agree with Castro. Like, I don't know that they necessarily need to come back. You know, I mean, like, Big Daddy Kane's been doing oldie tours for the last 10 years. No new out. No, but it's still dope seeing it every time. It's like it, it brings. It's almost like what this documentary did. It reminds you what you loved, and it, it helps you rekindle that joy with something that you once loved. Where, you know, time has sort of tarnished it a little bit because of, you know, bad output, so to speak. Right. So, I don't know if they need to actually come back. Do I want them to come back? Yes, I do, and. I think I agree with Castro's take that it needs to be something where they're all together, right? The the great records they made were them locking themselves in a room in Miami or going to like fucking Hawaii or whatever it is, or just sitting in Riz's fucking apartment or, you know, going to Beverly Hills to record Wu-Tang forever. Something where they're away from the distractions of the outside world and they could just create and find mm-hmm. sort of, you know, the joy in being with each other and making music with each other. So I think that would need to happen for a collective Wu-Tang record to work. The other thing that I think would need to happen is they need to push boundaries again. Like, they're mm. not doing that anymore. Like, that's the biggest thing. It's like what you were saying about Cool Keith. Like, they need to go to places that nobody's going. Right? They need to make, like, the definitive old man rap album. Like, I don't need to hear, like, you know, their cookie cutter rhymes. I want to hear their perspective on fucking, you know, the world as it is now, what they're seeing through eyes of experience, 
mm. you know, what their fears are at this age, what their their joys are, what their regrets are. I want to hear those stories. I don't want to hear you fucking, you know, kicking it to some like 36 year old. I don't want to see Ghostface on fucking couples therapy. I don't want to see any of that shit. I want to see you rapping about the feelings that you have in those moments. I don't want to see the mask of you being like fucking super tough or being like fuck bitches. I don't want to see that. I want to see your emotions. Like that's what I want to see come out of you. And I think that's where you're going to get something really interesting if they can do that. Ah, uh, that I think this is I think that's what Riz has been pushing them to do since eight diagrams and they don't want to do it. Yeah. And that and that's been the problem because he's Alaska, would that kind of work if they just honed in with some real sharp darts and they just rapping for rap sake, you know? Yeah, I mean that would be dope too. They've they've been doing that. But sharper, way sharper darts. Like, you know, let's just be honest. Be honest with each other. Like, say, yo, ghost, rewrite that second half. Like, do they say that to each other? Do they have cash data? But say don't you find when, you, when you're writing Castro, like when you push yourself to go into territories that you, don't, you haven't been in before, that mm-hmm. actually sharpens your other just like spit and fucking rhymes. Mm-hmm. Versus, yeah, right? Like, because you, you've pushed the creativity now that your mind is working on a higher level. So yeah. okay. you're able to reach into that ether, as you said, right? Because yep. you've tapped yep. into it. So now you can find it just for fucking battle raps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, so I I think it's unlocking that chamber for themselves. I have I have a couple of theories for this. Ready? Well, but the only guy that suffers from his Ghostface, like he's the only one that fell off. Everybody else can still rap at a high level. To me, and and, and inspect the deck. The deck is dated. Deck needs like an update. He needs like a shock. Like, hey, it's 2019. Don't mention Greece anymore. But. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, man, he's yeah. I there. There's a couple ways I've I've thought about this over the years. One way is, and they did this with the last album inadvertently. The last album, the saga continues, which is fine. It's a mm-hmm. fine rap album. There's a couple really high moments from like Method Man, and some pretty hot beats here and there. But that album started out as a Method Man DJ Mathematics album. That's why like Red Man's all over it, because Red Man would be on a Method Man album. And then they were like, this is so dope. And all the clan members started getting on there like, this should be a clan album helmed by mathematics. Yeah. Because he's never, he, and he's been down since day one, never did a lot of the beats. He had like one or two. So that made sense to do that. But it started as a Method Man album solo. Okay. So what I've always think, thought was like, what if, like, if you, if you look at like some of like the leaner years with them, if you would go into some of them years and just pull the best two or three songs from all of them solo albums, which were like, okay, but you took the best two or three from all of them dudes and made it one album, you'd be like, that would be a tough-ass Wu album. Rather than like a Master Killer album with four good songs and eight okay songs. A Method Man album with three good songs, 18 okay songs, maybe. Like, you, you could piece that together in a way to make it a woo album if you wanted to, because you could easily do that and slap it on there. That's that's one theory I had. The other one, like Alaska said about going out there, like they're actually really conservative guys. That's the problem. They're hmm. like Cool Keith has never been conservative, even in '86. These dudes are very conservative. So you know who wasn't? Old dirty bastard. He's gone. But you know so, why? Oh, they do. they went through the veil. We talk about this. 
their major label rappers. Yes. Not gonna do what us underground indie cats will, will say. Oh fuck it. It's fine. You're right. And because they've always worked in the major label um dive in the major label um dynamic, mm-hmm. they write like that. They make songs like that. They call producers like that. But here's the here's the weird thing. Like the West like West Side Gun, right? Mm-hmm. His shit is like, you know, in the vein of Woo and Rock Marcy and Doom and all these guys. But he he picks like two or three weird fucking beats to do his shit on. And that so when he does like two or three weird fucking beats, you're like, hmm, you're not just a regular ass street rapper. Like you are into some other shit. And so with them, it's like when 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 Rizzo was the ultimate guy that can make shit like that, and now he's not. It's like I would like to hear Rayquan on like a Sadu Gold beat, like a weird street beat. Oh, let's let who's popular can do a Wu Tang record with his street right now. Who? Mugs. And the irony is like he's basically like Wu Wu Tang West Coast. Right. Yeah. He's Wu, but do you think he could? He, record mugs like yeah, some of the makami beats that he gave makami are basically wu-tang beats he did grandmasters with jizza one of jizza's best records alaska grandmasters okay he did the what's the name song he did the song of risen jizza on soul on soul assassins he did the song with a lot of dark man on soul assassins which is crazy he did um on on the the, the the Cypress Hill album, Temples of Boom, he's got fucking Risen You Got on a Cypress Hill album in like '98. Like they've always they've always been hey likes, and then and 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 even when Muggs did the album with with Jizza, he said I went and pulled up all my old diskettes from like '92 to '96, and those yeah, were the beats. That's where you start. Those are the beats I gave Jizza. There you go. Like it's not that complex, but but see Muggs is. But see, Muggs does what we want Rizzo to do. He ha- he has studio musicians that he samples right. and makes it sound like fucking reel to reels and vinyl and shit, so he doesn't pay clearances. Here it is. But his shit is grimy as fuck. You know what I mean? I think Rizzo still has it in him. I think he has some good ideas up his sleeve. I'll never give. It might never come to fruition. I'm telling you, they all said it. They go to him for it, and he don't let them. He don't let them get that shit. He gives him corny, glossy nonsense that's impressed fucking Eli Roth. <laughs> They'll make their five fifty-five album. No way, thirty-six. I don't know what what's their three sixty-six album. But you know what it is too. Like we're saying about expectations, briefly, they want to give people what they think people want from them, and that's the problem too. Whereas Riz at least pushed them to be like, I don't give a fuck what people want. This is what we should do. We should be more mature. We should be like that's what eight diagrams. Yeah, eight diagrams about yeah. that, and better tomorrow's about that. Now the beats are yeah. lacking in both fronts, but like the idea is noble. But they're like, nah, nah, people don't want that. What is like a true master beat on there? Who who did the production on Better Tomorrow? Is it all Rizzo? Rizzo, fourth disciple did a couple, and then like I don't know. It's not good. But the bottom line is, it's like, like when when Ghost was making clientele, it's like barely barely any Wu producers on there. But the feeling he was going for, right? The Wu spirit was all up. And there's weird that. moments like outside, like Child's Play is a weird beat. That shit is weird. Yeah, there's like weird stutters and shit, and like fills and all. That. Like one, one is a weird. That was an interlude. Like Juju said, that was an interlude. That wasn't like a beat he made for anybody. And I think if I'm not mistaken, isn't the time signature off on that? 
I think so. Like, like I don't think it's like, like a, what, like what, like where, like where to sit? No, it is. It's just where that sample comes in. It comes in like right before the, the next kick. It's like really like disorienting at first. It comes before the one. Yeah, it like good. Like the way that sit, the way that sample swings around, like where he chopped it was like. But again, he didn't make it to be like a main beat. He made it as like an interlude in between songs. Even Apollo Kids is a weird fucking beat. Like you hear like Mighty Healthy. Mighty Healthy's fucking god level. It's the best. It's the best. That's the best rap song ever made. Mighty Healthy. Nothing to fuck with. One of. But that's it, man. Well, I think we touched on all this fucking. We again, man. We we could do these shits like fucking quarterly. Quarterly. <laughs> we need to talk about Wu Tang quarter three. Look at our earnings and shit. Well, in order to do it properly, you listeners need to get your um, Wu Pulp CDs. They are now available on wreckingcrew.bandcamp.com, but they are limited edition, so they are running out. They are. I don't even have a motherfucking copy, and I, I made half the shit. The Wu Pulp was a, a passion project we did as an homage to Wu-Tang, where we found some of the original samples for some of our favorite deep cuts, and we reproduced them and put a whole bunch of new rappers, including ourselves, on it. So it was, it's pretty dope. We were pretty proud of that. Yeah, we were meticulous. We were like, yo, if this original song had You God for eight bars, we need somebody with a similar vocal style to You God to rap eight bars. It wasn't just like, oh, this dude's hot, let's put him on a song. It was like, you need to channel Raekwon on this song, motherfucker. And that was the plan. So there you go, wreckingcrew.bandcamp.com. That's the only plugs we got. 96 Mentality dropping. Redogpistol.com. Cop it. It's fucking Sonny Jim's on there. Vic Spencer's on there. Prem Rock's on there. Tape, t-shirt. Alaska's on there. On the bonus cut, Castro's on there. Fucking... It's all that shit, man. All all city, Mike Geronimo, they're not on there, sadly. I couldn't afford them on this one. What what, what would all city cost? Today? Yeah, for a song. Like, oh, it's about a woman's. Like 300? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love them dudes, man, too. I feel like that's too much, man. <laughs> nah, I love them dudes, man. You give them 275 for the legacy. <laughs> I'm bad. <laughs> The legacy. Legacy cost. Yo, Lasky, you ain't got nothing to plug, brother? No, nah, I'm good, man. I mean, Great if you job. go check out Words Hurt, go check that out. Words Hurt Music, Bandcamp.com. Um, otherwise, you know, you see me all over these uh, Wrecking Crew albums. I'm like the the uh, Wu Syndicate of Wrecking Crew. All right, call our culture. Nice. We're done. All right. Peace. So-